dropped off a pretty little girl same grade as me From the Mid-South Van Studio in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production presents Under the Water Tower, sponsored by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Derek Biglane and Matt Crane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. So how's your week been since the last time we talked? Man, it's been pretty good. It was a long night last night. We had to go to soccer at Center Hill. Wilson did not – he touched the ball two times. They won one to nothing. Go Tigers. Uh, and then we had to race over to the uh, DeSoto Central Middle School Gymnasium and enjoy that game. And, uh, Derek, I don't know how many middle school basketballs you've attended or seen. Oh, did, did Bo, Bo, Bo play. It's amazing to me how they don't have a shot clock. They do not have to shoot. They literally can stand there with the basketball. But they play with a uh, speed and a level of uh, lack of control that is unbelievable. Yeah. It's a a lot of just try to get fast break layups, uh, a lot of turnovers, a lot of just jacking threes. Um, (laughs) It's it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff going on. It's a a lot of stuff. Uh, At one point, you know, they try to run set plays. Yeah. It's a disaster. Yeah. I mean, now it's just all right. Spread the fourth, shoot threes. They ended up losing. Hernando lost last night. Shout out to D.C. for the win. But – so Hernando boys lost last night. It was it's one of those games you probably look back on and maybe should have should have won. I actually had some kids quarantine, so they had to play with. I don't know. It was tough to watch, and um, <laughs> it is what it is. And I'm I'm glad to be here this morning and excited to talk about the playoff football we have coming up. The three teams for DeSoto County that we're going to mention, and really excited, Derek, about the uh, the the interview we we have coming up with Jim Ferguson. The um, what is it, Derek? Is CEO or he's the well, head of school? Head, head of school. Okay, yep. head of head of school. Jim Ferguson for North Point uh, up in uh, South Haven. Uh, wonderful interview that Derek sat down and and visited with him about probably about a forty minute interview. So if you're interested in learning more about North Point, learning more, or if you're an SBC alumni or North Point alumni, uh, you're going to enjoy the interview with who's uh, running uh, North Point Christian School at this time. Yeah, and that be coming up here in just a minute. I also want to say that you know this is uh, the week of Veterans Day, and um, you know we didn't say anything about it in the, in the last, you know, leading up to this because our last episode came out on Tuesday. Uh, Veterans Day was Wednesday. So we do want to just reach out and tell you thank you to all those who have served our country, uh, who are still with us, and we just thank you for your service. Thank you for all the time that you've given. And then for all those that have lost their lives also in giving service. I mean, we know that there is a Memorial Day, but during this time, they are still veterans. And we just want to reach out to all the family members, to uh, all those. We just appreciate the fact that we could have an election. Uh, it was a peaceful, end up being a peaceful election. Uh, that we have, a, we'll have a uh, you know, peaceful change of power, and that just is still unique in these times, uh, and definitely unique in history. So we just thank you for those the, the ability to live in this wonderful free country that we live in. And sometimes we don't get along. Sometimes there's a lot of infighting, but it is still a wonderful country. And we just uh, again reach out to all those, especially the ones from DeSoto County, and tell you thank you so much for your service. Yeah, that's something we discussed off air, Derek. If we can, if we can uh, give a shout out to Alex Trebek and and. Uh Sean Connery and stuff like that. We definitely should should do the right thing and, and say Happy Veterans Day. I know it's a day late, two days late now. Uh, ha- happy Veterans Day, and we thank you so much for your service uh, to our country. Under the Water Tower podcast, brought to you each and every Tuesday and Friday mornings, uh, sponsored by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group has been the number one residential real estate team for over a decade in DeSoto County. Team Couch has 55 years combined experience on their team of thousands of closings, both buying and selling of residential real estate in DeSoto County. Your number one asset that most people have are going to, is going to be your home. 
Don't trust it to some of the people that are, are just getting started. Uh, no offense to them by, by any stretch, but don't trust it to those people. Uh, go with the team that has proven results for over a decade, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Contact Brian and Terry and their team at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or reach them at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. Dot com, the number one residential real estate team in DeSoto County. Podcast recorded each and every Tuesday and Friday morning from the mobile car and van rental studios right here at the corner of Commerce and McCracken. Mobile car and van rental, formerly Mid-South Vans, is ready to serve you for any body shop needs, family trip needs, or if you have car service or if you have to turn your car in for a week or two for repairs. Mobile car and van rental are ready to assist you at any time. Again, formerly Mid-South Vans, now serving rental cars, We'll soon have pickup trucks and also still have vans. Please reach out to them at 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. As we mentioned just a few minutes ago, uh, we're going to go to a an interview that Derek was able to sit down and visit with Jim Ferguson, again, the head of school for North Point Christian there in South Haven. Mr. Ferguson has been with them now for a little bit over three years and continues to see growth and opportunity there at North Point and had wonderful things to talk about. So we learned a little bit more about him and we learned a little bit more about North Point in the next uh, 35, 40 minute interview. So we're going to go to that interview now. Today we welcome Jim Ferguson, head of school of North Point to the UTW podcast. Uh, welcome, Mr. Ferguson. Yes, sir. Thank you. Just kind of the listeners want to start off, just kind of tell us a little bit where you grew up. I grew up in Durant, Mississippi, which is about two hours south of here. After graduating from Mississippi State, I came to DeSoto County. Been here 31 years now. Did you have an education educational degree at State, or what was the, the college education like? And I did, did. So I did go to Holmes Community College and then two years at Mississippi State, and I earned a bachelor's degree in uh, math education. So I was in the math classroom for 10 years. And then I actually got my master's at Ole Miss in educational leadership. Basically, you knew kind of going to school that you wanted to be in education? or I did. I'm a fifth-generation educator. I'm kind of proud of that. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of educators in my family that um, – so it's, it's been a, a, a journey for a lot of us. And then my daughter graduate. my oldest daughter graduates next week with a degree in elementary education. Sixth generation. Yeah, continuing, continuing the tradition. Kind of talk about um, – so you graduated, you moved to DeSoto County. I'm assuming we were a math teacher That's uh, right. when you started out. So t- kind of talk the steps through your educational – your teaching career. Worked at Horn Lake High School for 10 years teaching uh, students mathematics and – Love that. Decided to get my master's in educational leadership. Didn't really desire to be an administrator, but just wanted to find a way to increase my pay, quite honestly. But once I got in the master's program, I loved it. And then actually got to do an internship for a year at Horn Lake as an assistant principal intern. And then ended up at Hernando High School for two years as an assistant principal. After Labor Day in 2000. Three, I was appointed back to Horn Lake High School to be the principal. So I did, uh, I served in that capacity for eight years um, until 2011. And then for the next five years, I served as chief academic officer for DeSoto County Schools, which basically means I was responsible for everything uh, academics, any, anything in the academic realm, but also was responsible for implementing and establishing swim teams. So um, it was all, all other duties assigned, too, as well. So I served in that capacity for five years. Uh, so I spent 26 years in DeSoto County before 
arriving at North Point officially April 1st of 2016. 26 years in the public school, a wide array of, of experience uh, that you had there. What kind of brought you to North Point? What did you see there that uh, interests you uh, in coming to North Point? Well, I um, some of the listeners may know or, or may not know, I ran for superintendent, so I entered the political arena and I ran for superintendent for DeSoto County. I lost in the runoff, but during that runoff period, uh, the chairman of the board at North Point, we met at a political function and he told me, he said, if this doesn't work out for you, I want to talk to you. And so even though I'd been in Dakota County for 26 years, I didn't know much about SBC and, and now North Point. After the, the week after the election, uh, I had the privilege of going to lunch with the chairman of the board and at the time, the president, Mr. Manley, and they kind of shared with me all about North Point, its mission, and what they possibly would be uh, wanting to take further steps with me about. And so that just really continued to progress through the fall of um, 15 and the spring of 16. As that turned out, I was appointed vice president to serve under Mr. Manley uh, in April of 16. Uh, so finished out that year. And and then really, I guess you'd say official capacity started in July 1st um, of that year. Um, and so Mr. Manley um, ended up retiring in, in about a year and a half. And so uh, at that time, I became the president and head of school. And I guess now that is almost exactly uh, three years ago. Tell us a little bit about North Point and what makes it different than other schools in the area. Well, you know, we, we use the term, and I, and I heard Mr. Manley say it a lot, and I, and I refer to him a lot because I learned a lot from him in the year and a half that I was privileged to work with him. But he used the term distinctively Christian uh, many times. And, and to be quite honest, I didn't know exactly – uh, what that meant, because it, this was a new educational environment for me. Uh, but I soon began to realize, and as I began to take a look at other schools who were somewhat similar to us, that we were distinctively Christian. And so we're first and foremost uh, Christ-centered and then college preparatory. And so we put Christ first in all things. Uh, that's our heart's desire. And so we're more than just a Christian education in which some schools might seem Christian on the doorstep, and then you have a hard time finding it anywhere else. And so our goal every day is to honor Christ and to share uh, our faith uh, with our uh, students. All of our teachers are Christians. All of our students and our families that they come from are not, but that's okay. Uh, we're, we're not a covenant school, and, and some schools are covenant schools, which means one parent of each family has to be a Christian, but we're not. So we're, um, you know, we're distinctively Christian. That's part of our, that's a main part of our mission. Uh, and secondly, college preparatory. We're considerably more rigorous and more challenging. Our teachers challenge students at a higher level. or higher expectations academically for our students. And so the years that I've been at North Point, 100% of our students have chosen to apply and attend college. And so um, we, um, that is our goal, is to um, help them uh, get to that point of post-high school graduate education. And so um, it's, a, it's a rigorous and challenging environment um, in which our students uh, 
perform very well. It is Christ-centered. I can attest to that, that it is. Y'all do focus on Christ every day. How was the, the school set up and to allow you to do that? Like, what is the structure that you have? Uh, basically, you're the head of school. And then uh, how is it run? I mean, do, are you a sole decision maker? Do you have a board? Do you have principals that help you? What, what does that kind of look like? So we're a, a ministry of uh, Broadway Baptist Church. And so we are affiliated with the church. Uh, in many ways, we're separate. But we, we do fall under the the guidance of the church and so through the church there is a school board and so we have a school board of 11 members and they are my bosses so to speak they can they hired me uh, they could fire me so i do answer to a board and seek their approval um, on items um, and so but also with me i have a um, we're divided into upper school and lower school upper school is grades 7 through 12 uh, lower school is we begin at three years old through sixth grade. And so I have a, a upper school principal, Dr. Brad Wheeler, in his first year. Um, our lower school principal is Miss Allison Moffitt. She's a graduate of uh, SBC uh, and has been in her role um, about three years as well. And so that's a, a part of my leadership team. I also have a director of external affairs, which is uh, – Dr. Jason Walting, so he's responsible for all things external. So he is his responsibilities really include reaching out into the community. He's uh, in charge of leading our admissions, um, communication, uh, as well as our development or our fundraising arm. And so uh, he is actually new in that position this year. He's a native of Fernando. Uh, his wife, uh, Laurie Walton, um, who has also spent many years in education, teaches for us. Um, of course, I have a CFO um, who takes care of our finances. Something also that's very important to me personally, as well as our school, is Dr. Jason Mackey. He's our spiritual life director, and so he gives guidance to uh, spiritual life on campus. Um, he's responsible for chapel. Uh, he leads small groups on Thursdays and Fridays for those students who want to participate. Uh, spiritual Emphasis Week. He has a lot of responsibilities. He is a, a very godly man and contributes so much to our campus. Now, this year, he is also serving as interim dean of students, and so he is assisting uh, Dr. Wheeler in some other duties this year. Uh, and so he's a just a well-rounded guy who who takes on a lot of responsibility. So, um, for the most part, that's my my core team. Uh, leadership team we have several other directors of course we have a technology director um, we have an admissions uh, director and, and you know we have a lot of other positions that people feel but that's kind of my my core team and so with this team the north point has a lot to offer i mean i know that uh, we've been uh, y'all are a wonderful advertisers of ours and we really do appreciate that and and uh, what part of the ad read talks about the uh, a- academics the athletics and the arts i want to kind of look at uh, all three of those starting with uh, academics uh, tell me about you know some you know you mentioned it was rigorous but tell us some of the you know being rigorous being christ-centered what are the some of the accolades that have come along uh in the school's academic achievements we we do offer um ap courses so we offer several uh advanced placement courses that students have the opportunity to take so uh, since we're already rigorous and challenging uh, these students really are pushed at a uh, at a really higher level than probably an AP course that you might get at, at another at another school. We also offer dual credit. We offer our dual credit, credit through Blue Mountain, <clears throat> excuse me, through Blue Mountain College. And quite honestly, our dual credit classes are more challenging than what you would take on a, on a typical college campus as a freshman. 
um, but we offer so advanced placement we offer dual credit uh, we also offer a PSAT class so we um, this class of 2022 so this current class of juniors is my it was my goal a couple of years ago I wanted to have 10 national merits um, and this is the avenue in which those students would become national merits is through the PSAT program um, and so I'm, I'm hoping out of this class this class has about 85 students in it and, I, and the potential is there to have 10 national merits out of this one class so we are um, focusing on uh, that with some of our students as well as we offer ACT prep classes you know when families pay tuition um, um, we our hope is and our goal is and certainly our family's desire is for them to get some of that money back when they go to college when their student goes to college and so you know we want to make sure our students are well prepared um, for that next level of education and so you know one of the things um, chemistry is a requirement for graduation um, and then we some of the electives that we have we do have a uh, broad range of electives um, just recently we've kind of added some courses in the business world entrepreneurship um, accounting personal finance some of those things were not offered prior to my getting to North Point and also to know our students in seventh and eighth grade take a full year of Bible um, and nine through twelve they just take a semester of Bible um, we are on a seven-period day. Students are required to get 24 Carnegie units for graduation. So they have a full day. Um, typically, our students take six classes, and we give them a study hall. And the reason they get a study hall is because our students have considerably more homework than students at other schools. And so we give them an opportunity to, to get some of that done, get some studying in. Typically, our students do not leave early. Um, they're not leaving early to go to a job. We're focused on academics, focused on college prep, and uh, all that's just part of our part of our typical day. I also noticed that in the um, in the younger grades, like the especially in the kindergarten, y'all actually have half and full day instruction uh, for the children. I know that, um, of course, it's no secret on the show. My, my children go to North Point, and you know, our son started at three years old there, and actually was getting instruction from eight a.m. to three p.m. and then went to aftercare after that. But uh, that's one of the you know, main reasons we, we chose the school when he was three and just kind of stuck with it. Uh, so, I mean, the, even at the lower levels, the lower age groups, they're getting that instruction too. You know, it's it's really exciting. So having spent vast majority of my career in high school, it was exciting to me to when I got to North Point and to be a part of a preschool and an elementary school. I, they're always glad to see me. Those high school <laughs> kids sometimes are not. Um, but I love interacting with the, with the young ones. And, and yes, um, we're not a daycare, even at three years old. Uh, now our, our three-year-olds do take naps. Uh, our four-year-olds take naps. But they are getting really some great quality instruction. All of our teachers are certified. Um, and so they are, um, they are definitely providing the academic environment for those students. Now we play. Um, and we nap and we do all those things um, but our students um, uh, when when they move from three-year-old to four-year-old they are at a different level uh, than most and certainly our fours getting prepared for kindergarten it, it is amazing what our kindergartners are able to do uh, before they leave and, and head to first grade so we are a uh, we're, we're definitely as we like to say we're school and not a daycare we really provide academics at a young age that exceeds most all right so you mentioned play uh so we'll kind of turn from academics to athletics you know a lot of people say you know smaller schools may not offer the uh wide array of athletics that could be possible at, at larger schools and you know that sort of thing but 
I think at North Point they do offer many, I guess, different things that you can choose from to play. Uh, kind of talk about some of the uh, athletic opportunities that are available to any individual at North Point. That's right. So we, uh, it's an exciting time. And one of the things that's special about North Point is be, is that you, our students do get lots of opportunities to participate. And so, for example, we start soccer at a very young age. Actually, um, but either kindergarten and certainly by first grade, we're offering intramural soccer. And it just comes all the way up. Um, so in elementary, we actually have an elementary athletic director, Mr. Lynn Fox. And so he, he, so he organizes um, those programs for us. But we offer uh, soccer, and, and um, as we come on up, it's cross country in elementary. Um, we offer basketball. We have a uh, um, elementary, upper elementary baseball team. And so, you know, we, we compete uh, in a league in Memphis. And so we play actual games and compete and begin to learn those skills at a very young age uh, in hopes that they'll be uh, even uh, more competitive um, and be ahead of their peers by the time they get to middle school and high school. Um, as far as middle school, uh, we, we, we do have a full comprehensive athletic program. So from uh, football beginning in fourth grade, again, uh, cross country, soccer, uh, basketball, um, all, all the sports that you would get anywhere else, uh, we we provide those, and so uh, it is fun for those those that's where the that's where those relationships are built, mm-hmm. um, and students make really make long term long lifelong friendships um, on those athletic fields. And as far as high school goes, we compete in Tennessee, so we we're under the guidance of the Tennessee. Um, Secondary Schools Athletic Association, and so um, we we mainly uh, choose to do that because of travel. Now, when SBC was first formed, they were in Tennessee, and that's how that was allowed. There was a time when SBC got out of Tennessee and competed in Mississippi. They found that the travel was a lot, <laughs> so um, they begged back in Tennessee, and they graciously allowed it. And so, um, for example, our division, we're in the middle class size schools. Um, so we compete against ECS, Lausanne, uh, Harding, FACS, um, TRA, some of those guys are who are um, who are our rivals. So uh, it, it does cut down on the travel being in Tennessee, even though it is very, it is highly competitive. Uh, the coaching in our league is extremely uh, high. Um, our athletes have to compete at a extremely high level um, in order to be able to compete. So um, but again, we offer a, just a full comprehensive program, just about anything you could do at any other school, we provide it um, for our student athletes. Of course, we just talked about North Point on Friday. Uh, unfortunately, getting beat out of the playoffs, but the, the way that they've kind of done better over in, in football over the last three years, and 0-10 to 3-7 and seven to 4-4, and four, so some improvement there. And, and they do well in baseball every year. It seems like they've been pretty consistent in baseball, basketball, especially women's basketball has had a lot of success over the last several years. Uh, so, again, it, it, good programs there, uh, a lot of offerings. Turning to the last thing I had mentioned before was the arts. Now, a lot of time when schools are looking for cuts, uh, you know, unfortunately, the first one they look for uh, is maybe the, some of the art programs. But at North Point, you know, we're able to offer a, a wider range of art. So kind of talk about the art programs that are allowed for the people that may not play athletics. Absolutely. So we, um, we have a string orchestra that started this past year. So our, our string orchestra is mainly for elementary. I think we do have some seventh graders participating this time that were involved last year. And I don't know how high grade level wise that will continue to move up but that has been a great opportunity and amazing to see those students perform learn 
Uh, Miss Lacey Thurman is our teacher, and she leads that orchestra, and that's been an incredible opportunity. Um, we also have a marching band, and so uh, that's one of the things that's truly unique about us. Even with those schools that I listed a while ago, is is none of them or none of them have a marching band. A lot of them have a pep band, um, but we actually have a marching band that um, takes the field at halftime, except during COVID. Um, and participates uh, in halftime activities. And so that is an exciting uh, thing that we offer for our students that desire to participate in, uh, in band. We also have a choir program. We have several different levels of choir. We have elementary choir as well as um, choirs that have gone and competed at different uh, festivals and, and competitions. And so choir and is, a, is a neat thing. For us, one of the other strong programs that we have is a theater program. Just uh, last month, um, our theater program uh, put on Little Women, and it was absolutely one of the most uh, well done, professionally done, in my opinion, uh, programs that I've seen us do. But we've uh, we do uh, three program through productions a year. Um, so they did Little Women. They're going to do a Sister Act, and then they'll do a children's production. And so that third production, normally the children's elementary production is done in the fall. But this year, hoping to get through COVID and some of that, we, we pushed it to the spring. So I've done Little Women, going to do Sister Act, and uh, going to do an elementary production. So between um, choir and band, theater, and then, of course, we have art. Michelle Gross is new to our teaching staff this year. She's an absolutely incredibly talented teacher, and so she's teaching our art for us. And so, again... Just like with athletics, uh, we have a full, comprehensive uh, forming arts program that really just provides another opportunity for our, our students to get connected and to be a part of something at our school. So, again, just an unbelievable uh, choice between for you know academics, of course, rigorous athletics. You have many uh, different sports you can choose from. Art side, you know, you, there's several different things you can look if, if that's something that, that appeals to you. How, you know, I think some people would be surprised, how large is the, the North Point campus? Um, so the campus itself, uh, including the church and, and the sanctuary and the facilities of the church, is, uh, but the land size is actually 61 acres. It's right there, just north of uh, Goodman, Goodman Road, right there off of Getwell. That's right. On the east side, and, and again, it's got a full complement of all the fields, softball, baseball fields. That's, you know, that's been something exciting that's happened in the last few years is we've had uh, parents and donors come forward and, and, and say, I want to help you do this. And so uh, within this past year, we've renovated our baseball stadium. It is top, nut, top notch. It is, it is better than – it is a nicer facility than, than most any you would, uh, could go to. About 210 stadium seats, nice concession stand, press box, facility is incredible also we were privileged and blessed to be able to build a soccer field the dr claire cox family provided those resources to build a soccer field and so uh, we we're blessed by that one of our graduates uh, we actually had a dedication this past friday night but mr john pointer his family has been part of this community mr monroe and miss linda pointer john wanted to do something he was an outstanding track athlete really uh, football and, and all sports but he wanted to uh, pay for the renovation of our track and so we dedicated that this past Friday night so our track is I walked on it last night and it was uh, it was incredible and so we've, we're blessed with some incredible facilities um, that provide our athletes just uh, the very top quality of anywhere around and you also have another performing arts center uh, at the school that's right so what what was the original Broadway sanctuary 
uh, is actually our performing arts center. And so we have our own dedicated stage um, theater seating um, there at the um, in the performing arts. So, yes, we have our own facility for our productions. Well, topic that, you know, nobody likes to talk about, but we have to bring up uh, would be um, COVID and how it's affected basically the, I guess, the last quarter of last year, last school year, and obviously since uh, August of this year. Talk about uh, how y'all have been dealing with the, the pandemic at the school and, and what changes it's brought to the campus. COVID has definitely been a challenge, uh, but I tell you what, our, our parents and our families have been so incredibly supportive. Um, our enrollment was down just a little bit uh, for various reasons, and most of that was attributed to COVID, but it was about 30 students, which... If you'd have told me that in the beginning, I'd have said immediately, I'll take that. Um, so we're we're very blessed uh, with, inc- with just our parent support and the decision-making that goes on. But um, we, we had a plan that we implemented last spring that got us through the end of the school year. But um, we changed our plan over the summer to uh, get us in a position. So when our students, we allowed students to choose whether or not they wanted to be remote or not. We had about 70 students and their families who wanted to start the year out remote. Um, and so um, that number has is, is gone down considerably and come back up during times. But, you know, family, ultimately I want families to be able to make the best decision they can for their family. And we're willing to serve them, uh, whatever that may look like. And so, but the big difference for us from spring to fall is – uh, our remote students are able to zoom in. Everybody at this point, Zoom has become a household word. Uh, but our students, if they're at home, they are expected to zoom in to class every day. So for a high school student who has six classes in a study hall, uh, they, they are sitting there uh, in their home, zooming in at the beginning of class. Teacher allows them into class and they can participate in class just like if they were sitting there. And I'm not naive enough to believe it's exactly the same. And it's it's a struggle for many. Um, however, uh, th- those students are getting their instruction. They're hearing it live from the teacher. They're getting their assignments through PowerSchool Learning. And so, you know, it is it has really helped us and grow as a staff, uh, implementing technology and learning to use all those different pieces of technology. It's really been beneficial to us another thing that i think it's done is it's just helped our students they've got a whole different skill set and quite frankly we can look at colleges and universities that students are remote and and they may be in a hybrid situation where they attend some classes and some classes they're not but you know our students with the accountability that we're expecting uh, them to do by zooming in by being present as well as just the technology skills the discipline the focus There are a lot of skills that I think our students are learning that they're going to benefit from from years to come, certainly when they get to college, uh, but probably even years after that. So our teachers have been resilient, uh, amazing um, how hard they've worked. As you can imagine, they're teaching those students that are sitting in the room with them. They're also trying to focus on those students who are on the computer, Mm -hmm. working from home, and it has been a huge challenge. but our teachers have done a phenomenal job and have accepted this. Uh, and with the Lord's uh, grace and goodness and with the grace of our parents and wisdom of those that we've leaned on, uh, you know, we've made it. And uh, I, I think we've been very successful in how we've approached it, how we've done it. Yes, it's difficult. 
Uh, but but our I don't feel like our students are missing out from an academic standpoint. If they're putting in the work, uh, they're not missing out academically. We're continuing to move forward, continuing to grow students, and they'll be prepared for hopefully when COVID's over and we're all back in the building, um, our, our students will be ready to go. I think it's been difficult, obviously, on everybody in every line of business line of work uh, to deal with this and, and the implementation of just different policies and, and obviously increased costs and having to do some of this. Just, I mean, we don't want to go too detailed into it, but what, what are just a couple things that y'all do at the school just to try to, you know, keep any kind of contact or, or keep any, anything from passing, you know, in the hallways and that sort of thing? So when you look at most lists of things that schools do, um, quite frankly, schools uh, choose things and choose not to do things. I'm going to tell you, we've done them all. To start with, every morning we check temperatures. We check, check the temperature of everybody who comes in the building. Um, and much to some's disagreement, uh, we've caught a lot of students um, who had a fever. And um, so we, we, first of all, have asked parents to check temperatures at home, but obviously uh, some do and some don't. But we've, we check the temperatures at the door. Um, we've, and as much as it's been important for us to catch students with the temperature, uh, also it's just deterred them from coming. So if a student's not feeling well, our parents have been fantastic about keeping their child at home, waiting to see what kind of symptoms are going to develop so that they don't come and expose other people. So the temperatures, in my opinion, has been an, it's an, been an important aspect for us. Another thing we do is we wear masks. We do take mask breaks, um, but as I tell the students often, if we're moving, we're masking. So anytime in the hallways, anytime you're on your feet, you have to have your mask on. Now, some of the more vulnerable times are in the cafeteria, but we have to eat. Um, you know, places like in the weight rooms, uh, but we've still masked up in the weight rooms. Uh, locker rooms for athletics, we've, we'll send half in at a time and, and let the other half go later. So we've, things like using every other locker in the weight room. So we've done some things. Amazingly, we survived football season without having to, um, at least from our, from our end, not having to miss any games. Um, so... You know, from temperatures to masks, we wash in, wash out. So we're using hand sanitizer. We give them a squirt when they come in. We give them a squirt when they go out. Um, we've socially distanced our classrooms. So one of the things we did, actually, is we tried to limit our class size to 18. Now, we typically have lower class size, which is a reason, a huge reason for our success anyway. But this year, we really tried to draw a hard line on 18. Um and I think that is beneficial, uh, has been beneficial to us. Many of our classes don't have but 12, 14, 15 anyway. But um, that has been helpful. So smaller class sizes where we've been able to physically distance our students. Um, we've we bought a chemical that they use in, in cockpits and airplanes and uh, to fog um, areas. So if we do have a case or we feel like we have exposures, we fog the areas and Generally, COVID is transmitted through air particle air pollicles, and so, you know, we we spray, we fog, we clean desktops, we wear a mask, we check temperatures. We if it was anywhere, anybody said it would be a great idea to do it, we've done it, and um, I really think I, I I could be wrong about this, and I'll, I'll never know for sure, but I don't really think that COVID has been transmitted on our campus very much in very many cases. Most for the most part. It's been um, in the community, and a lot of the students that we've had to quarantine, 
up until this point has been because of a home case. In other words, their parent had it or sibling at college had it. And so anytime COVID has reached the home, then the student automatically has to quarantine. And so um, we did have a period of time uh, back in September around Labor Day that we did send home our ninth through 12th grades. Uh, and quite honestly, I hated that was a, a tough call, but we we did it. And after we got back in school, we didn't have another case for an entire month. And so uh, it was the right decision. Um, a lot of these decisions have been difficult, but um, for the most part, I think we've gotten them right. Um, but we've, we, we're taking every precaution um, that we can. Just tough calls. And as you said, y'all tried everything. And so I've uh, been able to keep the school open up to this point. Uh, and, you know, Thanksgiving break's coming up. Christmas is coming up. Of course, we've encouraged all of our listeners to get your flu shots, do what you have to do to stay healthy and, uh, and try to, you know, avoid everything else. But, you know, so the school continue to do that as going to the holidays and go from there. You did mention real uh, briefly, you talked about enrollment being down about 30 and you would take it. What is the current enrollment of the school? Current enrollment is 952. So, and that's three-year-olds through seniors. And so uh, we've ex- really experienced the most growth last several years, uh, at least in my time at North Point. Um, in the uh, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, those current grades. Now our senior class, our junior and senior class, they both have about 83 to 85 students. And so um, that's pretty typical of a uh, class size for us, uh, sixth grade and above, um, which, you know, quite frankly, um, I have a son. Actually, you and I both have sons in the 11th grade. And those kids, they they all know everybody in their class. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge advantage, a huge um, aspect of building community and, and knowing everybody. And so uh, that's been really enjoyable. I know for my son, and I'm sure for Bo, is uh, as you get to, even though my son's only been there since seventh grade, getting to know everybody and, and having that community and the great friendships they develop. Um, so, you know, it's a, comparatively speaking, in DeSoto County, we're a small school, but we like it. Um, and we'd love to grow and expand our influence in the community, but it's a, it's a great place to be. Speaking of growing, uh, I know, and we'll talk about this in just a second, uh, allow you to kind of talk about the open house coming up. How does North Point, I know that, you know, you, you did mention, obviously, it, um, it is a private school. You do have to pay to go there. Uh, how does it compare to other schools in the area? Uh, I guess some of the ones that you, know, you compete with in Tennessee, as well as, you know, ones, there's one in, uh, obviously, Senatobia, one in Marshall County. How, how do y'all compare uh, with those? So with the ones we compete with that I mentioned earlier, uh, we're by far the best deal in town. And so um, a high school senior uh, would pay about $10,000, and it it goes up in small increments um, at the higher grade level, the higher the grade level. Um, But, you know, at Lausanne, you're going to pay... 22 plus thousand even at harding you're going to pay 16 17 thousand um ecs um maybe not quite that much i'm not exactly sure but we have worked really hard to keep our tuition prices down Uh, we typically increase those about two percent a year um and so really uh that's a pretty small amount and so we're working it is our goal um to certainly stay competitive uh, but also um, to keep it at a very minimal um, amount because we want to provide our, our Christian environment, our college preparatory environment to as many families as we possibly can. So um, now as far as other schools in Mississippi, uh, we are a little bit more uh, than they are. 
um, cost-wise. Um, and, you know, I'd like to think part of that is uh, who we are and what we provide and um, the, the vast array of opportunities that our students have in regards to extracurricular, co-curricular activities. What you get for the, for the price is, uh, like I say, it's a pretty great deal. All right, so that kind of leads us to the open house. Uh, y'all, you know, we've been, uh, as I said, y'all are an advertiser with us, and uh, we've been advertising currently. Uh, the open house is coming up this Sunday. So talk a little bit about um, just kind of the open house, uh, how people that may be looking uh, for the, the, the Christian-based, uh, you know, rigorous academic, I guess, performance that, that you're talking about, how could they can make this switch uh, as early as next semester, uh, and kind of what will go on at the open house? So um, open house will look a little different this year, partly because of COVID, partly because of new leadership team and, and new ideas, and so... Um, we're we're basically going to be taking some precautions and so it'll be a safe environment if you're interested in coming out uh we are we are asking uh uh, families to register and you can do that uh through going on our website as well as on our facebook and twitter accounts there's a link uh, that you could uh, register with you could call the office Uh, you could call and ask for miss sheila sharon um, her number is 662-349-5068 you could call her and uh, tell her you plan to attend. However, if you want to show up at 2 o'clock unregistered, uh, we will welcome you and uh, and share all the information about North Point as well as give you a tour. So part of that is um, we share all about our academics. We share all about our spiritual life, all the extracurriculars that we've talked about today. We will give you the grand tour and take you around and uh, just re- really give you a good feel of what it's all about. So normally we would have students there to kind of tell their story. That'll be a little different this time. Um, probably be limited on the number of teachers that we have, but basically our admin team, a few teachers, uh, will be conducting this open house. So, you know, we would um, we'd love to have people come out and check it out, see what it's all about. And even if even if you think now's not the time for you, we we've had families show up before that had infants and just wanted to come check it out for when their child uh, was three years old. And so if that's something you're interested in, hey, we'd love to get on your long-range planning as well as your short-term planning if you wanted to uh, consider making a move in, in January. Uh, we're certainly open to that. And love for you to come check us out that Sunday at um, our address is 7400 Getwell Road, but it's Sunday from 2 to 4. And uh, we'd love for you to be there at 2 o'clock. And uh, we'll get started uh, this Sunday uh, from two to four. Uh, so you know, hopefully, again, if, if you're interested, please come out to the school. Uh, if they're not able to make it Sunday, maybe they're out of town. Um, it is you know kind of getting a vacation time. Uh, also, you know, people have not taken vacations this year, so maybe they're trying to get away for the weekend. Are private tours also available throughout the year? They are. So we'll we'll give tours most any day uh, during the school day. Um, obviously, you have to set those up again through Miss Sheila Sharon. She'll schedule those, and um, I do those myself, um, as well as other staff members. And so we'll uh, we'll be glad to do that. Another thing that is uh, well received by a lot of our prospective parents is we do shadow days. Today, for example, there's a young man there who's shadowing that's considering uh, coming. He would like to come tomorrow if uh, if we work that out. But so uh, if you're if you want to. Uh, do a shadow day with one of our students basically you shadow your student would shadow a current student and um, just kind of run through the day 
and see what that's all about to see whether or not it's a good fit for you uh, for your family for your student then we're open to that too and again we do that we do that sometimes several times a week open house this sunday from two to four and if you're not able to make that for some reason and you're interested uh then please call the school call miss sheila sharon to set up a time for uh, one of the administrators to, to take you around or to set up a shadow day Mr. Ferguson, any last thoughts or any last uh, comments you want to have to the listeners about North Point? You know, North Point is a uh, it's a great place to be. I am blessed um, to be able to serve the families that I do. And I'll say this for me, and this is kind of how I like to describe it, but when I had the opportunity to come to North Point, um, I look at it as my personal life, uh, as a man of faith, and my professional life merging on the same path. And so that was a a huge blessing for me to be able to share my faith, to be able to uh, unapologetically, unashamedly uh, share who I am and and be able to infuse all of that into the academic process. You know, our, our goal is to give our students a biblical worldview so that when they leave us, they can go to college with a strong foundation uh, and hopefully be strong on their foundation of who they are, who they are in Christ, and be able to withstand the, uh, the attacks and the trials of the world um, on college campuses and the community. Uh, hopefully they'll be able to make the right choices that would um, honor um, their families and honor uh, the Lord. Um, and so it's a unique, it truly is a unique place with a unique mission. Uh, and it's a blessing for me to be able to uh, to be a part and, and to lead. Well, Mr. Ferguson, we really want to appreciate you coming on again the podcast today. And we can tell that you're passionate about what you do and about the school. And we just really uh, appreciate you sharing with us. And, again, if you're interested in going to the open house this Sunday, 2 p.m., please call the school to register uh, or set up a uh, time to uh, meet privately. Again, Mr. Ferguson, we thank you. Uh, we wish you luck the rest of the year and keeping the doors open. Um, and I uh, look forward to uh, many great things from uh, all the graduates at North Point. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. I want to say thank you to Mr. Ferguson for coming in and sitting down with Derek for a couple afternoons ago and talking more about North Point. Uh, be sure and follow up with them, what Derek and Mr. Ferguson were talking about at the end of the interview, uh, the open house coming up at North Point. Uh, definitely want to uh, – uh, North Point has begun – advertising with us so we're not going to read their advertisement today because i feel like derek and, and mr ferguson definitely covered the open house this coming weekend so parents if you're interested in learning more about north point uh definitely uh give them a call mr ferguson's interview is brought to you uh was brought to you just like all of our interviews by the print house located behind Thunderbirds pharmacy right here on commerce in hernando the print house is your one-stop shop for printing services whether it's business cards, banners, screen printing for t-shirts, as well as a showroom full of all your vinyl and t-shirt needs, the ladies at the print house can help. Simply give them a call at 662-298-3105. That's 662-298-3105. Or find them online at theprinthousems.com. That's theprinthousems.com. Please also find them on Facebook for their new hours starting next week. They will be starting new hours each and every day. Uh, starting next week. I'm sorry, Tuesday through Friday and occasional Saturdays during Christmas. Tuesday through Friday, occasional Saturdays during Christmas. Podcast also brought to you by William Services. William Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Entering this fall season, the leaves are about to start falling. 
Williams Services specializes in leaf removal, tree trimming, and fall cleanups. Give Richard a call at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find him on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. And Derek, each and every Friday, podcast is brought to you by Magical Destinations of Hernando. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or that tropical getaway, Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated in Hernando. Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited on Facebook and Instagram. Or give them a call at 662-469-6304. That's 662-469-6304. Thank you, Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher, for putting your advertising dollars with the Under the Water Tower podcast. For more advertising opportunities, for more advertising information, send us an email at underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com, underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com for a list of prices. And now we're turning to some local news. Uh, just a couple things we're going to cover today before we get into the sports because we know with the Mr. Ferguson's interview, we want to keep it you know around an hour for our podcast. First is the Hernando Open House. Hernando Open House is this weekend. It'll be both Saturday and Sunday. The Saturday hours are 9 to 5, 9 to 5, and then the Sunday hours are 1 to 5. As part of the Saturday Open House, 1 to 5 on Saturday, so the afternoon portion of the Saturday Open House, will be at Dickens of a Christmas. This will be celebrated by a lot of the shops on the square, excuse me, and also by the city itself. They're going to be offering carriage rides around the square. Rob Long at the DeSoto Museum, uh, one of our, our favorite people, and of course the the provider of, friend of the podcast friend, friend of the podcast, podcast <laughs> and the uh, fact of the week provider uh they will be offering carriage rides uh, to and from the square and they're also going to be offering a callig- calligraphy and cursive class in the museum uh during that time period a uh, cursive class actually cursive is is what is no longer taught in schools from what i can remember that's right so there's a woman will be on site okay. to show the kids how to, how to write cursive how to write cursive uh, okay during that time frame then of course you'll have the carolers on the square you'll have uh all the shops will have some type of sweets or apple cider that sort of thing so just a great day it looks to be a looks like a cloudy weekend maybe low 70s high 60s uh chance of rain hopefully it'll stay away but just gonna be a great day uh, the square will be lit up uh, a lot of the businesses have put white lights around their buildings around their trees uh and so if you've been out here last night um and seen uh the i think the hernando sign at the interstates all right. in, in white lights and so the the city's really done a good job cleaning it out so again if you're in uh the county seat this weekend please come to the open house please enjoy some of the festivities and the main thing is please shop please shop local Absolutely. for all the christmas that you need to you know well, the farmer is the farmers market still going on. Farmers market is no longer going. Farmers on. market is is it, officially last over. Saturday in October. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, okay, so that's done. I was just kind of wondering that that'd be pretty interesting to walk around the farmers market with people in you know Dickens attire singing carols and stuff like that. That'd be that'd be kind of a mixed crew uh, right there. Yeah, it's kind of mixed crew. And th- again, it's not just the square; it goes all the way down Commerce. Uh, you know the yeah. the Pinkzinia, the market right there, uh, Commerce uh, Street Market, and right. then also down Fifty One or up Fifty One. Uh, you've got, um, of course, the, the coffee right there, the coffee place. Uh, you've got the DeSoto Arts Council. They'll have the gift shop open. So, again, just uh, please come out. Please support local. Please do a lot of your Christmas shopping here, and uh, it should be a, just a, a wonderful weekend. All right. It's going to be 9 to 5 on Saturday, 1 to 5 on Sunday. The Dickens of a Christmas is only Saturday. 
Right. Correct. One to five. Yeah, just just exactly. on the afternoon. One to, exactly. But I'm just saying, so one to five on Sunday, nine to five. And again, Derek, what we talked about on Tuesday or covered on Tuesday with the interview uh, with Lacey from uh, the Palmer Home. Uh, Palmer Home will be offering gift wrapping. That's right. Um, this weekend, if you find a perfect gift and, and you're looking for somebody to wrap it, go ahead and wrap it and have it under your tree. Uh, the Palmer Home will be offering gift wrapping. There will be a small cost for that, but obviously they, they encourage uh, donations. Absolutely. One more thing coming up. December 6th. December 6th, Cookies with Santa will be put on by the Hernando Parks and Recreation Department. Cookies with Santa will be at the Gale Center 2 to 5 on December 6th. Some of the sponsors include Stars in Motion and the Solid Rock Sportsplex in Nesbitt is also going to sponsor as well. So 2 to 5 at the Gale Center here in Hernando, December 6th, 2020, Cookies with Santa. Well, Derek, something we're going to turn to, and I'm assuming that Tate Reeves signs his mask mandates in cursive. I'm assuming that's what he does. Well, I, I think people want to curse you, him. Exactly. There's a, the word curse and Tate Reeves going on yeah, right now. They want to curse together. him for his mask mandate. Go ahead and give us a little update on, on the governor mask mandate that uh, came came down. Yeah, it was on Wednesday. Uh, came down came on Wednesday. Down, well, actually, it was, it was uh, Thursday, I believe. The other one ran out, so he. Yeah, and it was supposed to be Wednesday, but then we found out that his daughters had COVID. Uh, and wow. so he had to uh, abruptly cancel the press conference. Well, when they found out that uh, I know at least one of them was positive, and then because I, I, he has to quarantine more than likely, or right? Whatever. And so I believe yeah. it came out Thursday. That came out that they are now requiring to go from November 11th, which technically it ended at five o'clock, to now December 11th. Okay, uh, it includes one all the, the counties that were formerly included, uh, which includes DeSoto County. And not only does it include DeSoto County, but he actually singled out DeSoto County. Singled out DeSoto County, okay. Singled out DeSoto County. So uh, over the two-week period, the last two weeks, DeSoto County has had 901 cases. And so he, you know, that's the second highest uh, in the, I guess, for an area. And, but he pointed out to say, you know, Madison, Hines, and Rankin counties have 493,000 people. They had 970 cases. We have 184,000 people. And we had 901 cases. Okay, so real quick, does Governor Reeves, we'll talk about geography real quick, is Governor Reeves aware that DeSoto County is next to Memphis, Tennessee? Yeah, which is probably about six to seven times larger than Hines County. That is exactly. Correct. So let me get this straight. Our governor has done this. He has called out DeSoto County. He literally read numbers of the population of those of counties. three counties compared three, to one. Three counties, two and a half hours south of us. That's correct. And and can't quite piece together that across the state line is Memphis, Tennessee. Yes. Well, that, a, a, a city of half a million people that a lot of people in DeSoto County, a lot of people in DeSoto County have to go to or go to to work. Back and forth every day. Back and forth every day. Every day. They have to go to work. Wow. So, okay, so just Governor Reese just making sure. First of all, I hope his daughters are okay. Okay, let's start there. We definitely right. wish, well, yeah, wish I mean, them well. Yeah, yeah of man, course. This, well, this, well, hey, this, and guess what? They more than likely will be because they're – Kids. This is more about not comparing apples to I mean, it's, absolutely it's apples not. to apples. It's apples to oranges, right? You know, for for comparing that, and then of course our our sheriff has come out and said that he is not going to require, not going to enforce the mass mandate. Publicly said that way or dare. Uh, this was in the DeSotoCountyNews.com. Okay, yes. Uh, he was interviewed, uh, and I'm not saying interviewed by the. This is where he was quoted. Right. Um, he said that uh, the a spokeswoman for the sheriff's department said that Sheriff Rasco doesn't enforce his deputies to wear masks in settings where the host or property owner doesn't require it. However, he respects the wishes of our hosts and property owners when they request that the mask be worn. We have not issued any citation, and we will not issue any citations for not wearing masks, nor will we enforce Governor Tate Reeves' mandate on social distancing. Okay. I, I'm assuming the governor probably has issue with that. Sure. And because that there's not being enforced, 
you know, he's coming out, singling us out. Again, we've, we've expressed it many times on the show that they're probably, if you're going to be in close contact with people, wear the mask. I'm not saying it stops everything. It does make sense that it stops some things. But the main thing is, is that if that's what it's going to be used to you know, keep things open, to be able to, you know, have events as in the open house this weekend, that's what we're trying to do now. Again, the open house is not going to require a mask. It's outside. Some of the shop owners may. Sure. And I hope that you, you know, again, if you're going to go there, I hope that you choose to still go there even if you're against masks if they require it because right. you know just again if they want you to wear it just please wear it if they don't mind you not you know not wearing it then walk in there too but uh you know i, I do find it interesting that it has been extended another month and I, I just wish if he was going to single us out i wish he would look more at apples to apples and, and say that you know <laughs> this and, and you know i just that, we, that, yes. is, the, that is the that, seriously i i was not aware of this i'm catching up a little bit this morning while we're when we're taping the show uh what what he would have said but he literally said DeSoto he compared DeSoto county right outside of memphis tennessee that's that's not apples to apples well and not, and not, and not even even taking out the memphis equation right he named three counties right. to not one, one county right to, wow. three counties to one county i mean like okay you know if you said DeSoto and Senatobia and Marshall, or I mean Tate and Marshall. Okay, okay. Yeah. Let's that's three to three. Right. Or if you said, I mean, yeah, or Shelby and DeSoto and okay, right, sure. Well, then we're, then our ratio is more in line with what you're saying right. because you know Shelby County is going to throw in about eight hundred thousand people, not to mention Fayette and whatever. Um, but he just he chose to our one to their three, and that's just. That doesn't sit well with DeSoto County people, and I don't know if it should. Right. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And like Tate Reeves, don't like Tate Reeves. We're not even saying that, but I don't care who that is. That that makes that that is not accurate. But I'm not a, not a fan the, of that. The mask mandate is still in place. Yes, for, mask mandate is so in place. Again, still, if, yeah. if but, you have to go grocery shopping, wear your mask. If you have to go in any, you know, it's still uh, 10 people or less inside for parties and such, uh, 50 people or less outside for parties and such. Now, they are having the open house. Uh, but again, if you took every property owner and gave them 50 people outside, that's easily going to cover the number of people. Right. Um, but again, just, just be smart. Yeah, and we, we love, I mean, you I love Mississippi. We're proud to live in Mississippi. We're not going to sit here on this podcast and shoot pretty straight about DeSoto County and how how much we care for it. But uh, like you said, we're not going to allow to be singled out. Like you said, are we doing everything we can? No, no county's probably doing everything they can. However, you're not comparing apples to oranges or, or apples to apples, uh, Governor Reeves. And so we, you know, wish you luck in Jackson, Mississippi for right now. We're going to turn our sights to the public school ranks, and we're going to start under the water tower. The Hernando Tigers uh, finished with a season record of 6-4. and four. Uh, Hernando is traveling to the South Panola Tigers right down Batesville. Uh, South Panola comes in with an 8-2 and two record. These two teams actually played each other the first game of the season. Hernando barely lost to South Panola, 14-13. to 13. Uh, Hernando actually had a, a, a kick um, that – wasn't made or, or it fell short uh, late in the game, and so uh, but but still had some some many chances to possibly win that game and so forth. So I don't know. It's been ten games later, and 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 Sal Panola's probably righted a few things, but Hernando has as well. So we'll see what happens. Hernando at South Panola tonight. Straight down Batesville, straight down 55. Uh, I do believe there are tickets available still, um, if you can hear our voice. Uh, and we're trying to put this show out as soon as we get done here this morning uh, so you can hear our voice and, and hopefully get down and, and visit, get down and cheer on the Hernando Tigers, our under-the-water tower team against the South Panola Tigers. South Panola, Derek, very tough, typically very tough. I'm assuming they like to run the ball. So tell us a little, a little bit of information on that. South Panola, again, they are, as you mentioned, they're 8-2. and two. Um, They have played a couple of playoff teams. Uh, they've uh, played Clinton. Uh, they didn't lose to Clinton this year. That was one of their losses. Startville was their other loss. Startville did not make the playoffs due to COVID. 
Um, and so they, you know, you expect Starville to be in the playoffs, but they were not able to make it because of COVID. Uh, and so they, and they've also played uh, Warren Central, uh, who is also, uh, I believe, in the playoffs. I'll have to check, I've got the playoff. We'll talk about that in just a second. But they're averaging about 15 points. I, I did uh, some study in math. They did. They averaged 15 points in the first half, but only 10 points in the second half. They're they averaging 25 South points Panola. a game. South Panola. 25 points a game. 25 points start a game. Hot and survive the rest of the. So eight and two on the season, but averaging 25 points a game in mm-hmm. high school. That's to me. It's so, defense. Yeah, they had they had two scores in the forties. They beat Meridian forty two fourteen. Beat Carsdale forty one six. All their other games and one Central they beat in double overtime. Had to get, had had two overtimes to get to thirty six. Other games 12, 19, 14, You know twenty wow. twenty one. So they 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 can struggle to score. And obviously Hernando held them to fourteen in the first game. Right. So we'll see. You know, so they're averaging Hernando though. You know, Hernando does put up more points. Hernando averaging fourteen in the first half. So, you know, you expect maybe Hernando yes. to be down a little bit at halftime based on those averages. 18 in the second half. Okay, so 32 uh, points a game. 32 points Come a out game. and score, you know, averaging three touchdowns in the second half. Right, and, but again, uh, you know, we know South Panola has a good defense. They historically have had a good defense. The most they've given up this year is the 38 to Starple, uh, and then 35 in double overtime after that. 24. So they can hold. They can. They can stop sure. teams. Uh, Hernando. No, the defense has been solid. I've enjoyed Hernando's defense. Defense has been solid. Yes. Uh, Hernando four and two on the road this year. So again, they can't play on the road. So that that's that's good for them. Uh, what they need to look for there's there's three players to really look out for uh, on South Panola. Uh, there's D. Pertit. Uh, he had uh, 757 yards uh, rushing on 121 carries and 13 TDs. Probably need to stop that guy. Uh, M. Clark, uh, he had 101 carries for 710 yards and two TDs. And their leading receiver uh, was C. Wright. He had 33 receptions for 475 yards and six touchdowns. So, basically, you got one receiver. You probably need to double-team, get some safety help. Pertit, you know, you just got to stop him, use the the, you know, the defense up front. Guys got to clog the hole, you know, get him to the ground. You shut them down, hold them. To, if, if you hold them to fourteen points again, I feel pretty good about the Tigers' chances. Hey, Derek, I don't. I don't think we're we're not. We, I think you and I talked off air. We're not going to pick playoff games. No, that, that, I, you look. Well, I tell you what, regular season was fun. I'll tell you what, I'll pick the Tigers in this game. There you go. Okay, so right, now that I look up at the board, I did get the joke. Now that I'm, <laughs> I, I feel like a total idiot, but uh, I kind of walked right into that one. So we're going to pick the Tigers to win uh, t- tonight uh, in in uh, in Batesville. So look, try and get down there, try and see them. I think my daughter, I might have an opportunity to take her to the game. Um, but look, let's go support the young men uh, in Hernando, of course, and, and get down there and, and, and cheer them on. So good luck tonight, Tigers. We will definitely be be cheering for you. Look, if you don't, if you're not able to go to Batesville, uh, if you look around or ask a few different people, uh, Hernando covers the games pretty well uh, on Facebook, so you should be able to find it. I'm not going to say the coverage is um, excellent by any stretch, but it is a it is a feed there, and you can watch it and pay attention and, and cheer on the Tigers from from the comfort of your couch. So, Hernando, good luck. We'll be pulling for you. Absolutely. The UTW podcast is definitely uh, cheering hard for, for you tonight. Derek, next up, Horn Lake. Uh, we talked about them for the last 10 weeks. Uh, Horn Lake has been fighting hard, started slow, then came back and started playing much better football. Squeaked into the playoffs with a win, 27-20 over South, uh, South Haven last week. Horn Lake travels to Clinton. Derek, tell us about the Clinton Arrows. Clinton Arrows, not a lot of information about Clinton. I've, I've looked in two or three different spots. Uh, but I will say that they're 6-2. and two. They played a tough, pretty tough schedule. Uh, they played Brandon, Northwest Rankin, uh, Madison Central, South. They played South Panola this year. Uh, they beat South Panola 24-21. Yeah. Uh, Germantown, Mississippi, uh, Warren Central, uh, Greenville, and Starkville. So a really tough. I mean, yeah. that, that's that, that's a tough schedule. Went six and two. Uh, again, the only loss is coming to Northwest Rankin. 
uh, and to uh, Madison Central. So again, tough powerhouse schools in the Jackson area. Uh, Clinton, uh, they you know, so they're going to come in. I think it's going to be a, a you know, obviously they're hosting that the higher seed. I think it's going to be tough for Horn Lake. Now, Horn Lake's had a great season. Uh, they've had a couple of good wins. Uh, they had some, you know, they struggled to start the season. Fortunately, those were not district games, so it did not hurt them. Uh, they they put up big games against DeSoto Central. They you know they won 54-22. Of course, they just they, they squeaked by Hernando the 16-14, um, and uh, they they lost to Tupelo, and then of course won the game they had to win to get in the playoffs. I, I you know looking at this game, I know we're not picking games. I think it's going to be really really tough for Horn Lake to go down there beat Clinton. That's a good team. Uh, they put Played a good schedule, uh, and um, you know they said that the North is stronger this year. I, I don't think in this case, and that's going you know when you got a four seed playing a two seed, that's just, right. that's tough. No, I think that I, I agree with you. I think the first round of the playoffs in most states and most high school ranks kind of they kind of you know they run chalk typically. You know what I'm saying? So uh, Horn Lake five and four on the season started off zero and two. Have rattled, rattled off a, a pretty darn good uh, run here of late, but it's going to be hard. It's hard for any team to travel three hours on a school bus to play a, a football game. It's just, it's just not easy. Um, I want to say that was a, it's a four playing a one. That's a four playing a one. Oh wow, exactly. I'm a four playing a one. So it's going to be tough, but we will be cheering for you guys, Horn Lake. Um, certainly travel safe. Uh, if you're driving down, if you're listening to the podcast while you drive, uh, be safe, and and we'll be cheering you guys on from Desoto County as you carry the Desoto County flag down uh, to the the Clinton area. And uh, and good luck, guys. And I want to just cover uh, for those of y'all that may. I hope that a lot of y'all do follow kind of um, you know high school football uh, in Mississippi, and I want to go over the other games real, just briefly. I'm just going to read them off so you can kind of see the matchups and some of the, the teams that we've already named on some of these schedules. Madison Central is at Oxford. Hernandez, these are six A. These are six A. I'm sorry, this is six A. We'll talk about the five A uh, games after we talk about Lake Cormorant. Madison Central at Oxford, uh, and then Warren Central at Tupelo. Those are your other two North matchups. And in the South, you have Biloxi at Oath Grove, Pearl at Harrison Central. Pedal at D'Iberville, and Ocean Springs at Northwest Rankin. So again, you hear them: Northwest Rankin, Madison Central, Warren Central. Those are all you know. These are all the teams that Clinton played. Sure. So again, they've been playing some tough teams, and uh, uh, I think that this is a good setup. Again, they said the North is tougher. We'll find out. Absolutely, and we'll be cheering hard for Horn Lake to uh, to to you know see if they can pull off an upset against the Clinton Arrows with their one seed down there. Last public school. Playoff game, the only team, the only game on Friday night in DeSoto County, the Ridgeland Titans, good name, at the Lake Cormorant Gators. So Ridgeland Titans at a 6-2 and two record at the Lake Cormorant Gators right there in Lake Cormorant, Mississippi, the only uh, hosting team in DeSoto County. Derek, tell us about that game. All right, so Ridgeland coming in 6-2. and two. Uh, they've had uh, their losses are to Northwest Rankin, who we just heard that was in the playoffs in six day, and they lost to Lexington the last game of the season by forfeit. So they've only lost one game on the field. So again, a good team. Richmond's a good team coming in. Uh, they're led by the quarterback Z McDonald. Uh, he had hundred Z McDonald, hundred thirty passes for two thousand sixty seven yards, twenty seven touchdowns. Hello. So he makes his two thousand yards count with twenty seven touchdowns. Sure. Uh, rushing leaders also Z McDonald. Uh, he had 66 rushes for 581 yards and six touchdowns. So my man has accounted for 33 touchdowns this season. Uh, there, um, hey, let's let's key on him. Yeah, gotta, we're going to key yeah, on probably key on Z. To, probably need to stop on the, the quarterback. <laughs> so wherever yeah, the quarterback is, right. maybe one or two spies on the quarterback. Yep. Uh, D. Ball is the other leading rusher. He had 80 carries for 528 yards and four touchdowns. And their leading receiver, of course, if you've got 2,000 yards passing, you're going to have somebody you love. McDonald loves R. Mays. 
40 receptions for 826 yards and 10 touchdowns. So, again, there's a guy he throws to. Yeah. May want to give him some safety help on that side of the field. Uh, but Lake Cormoran, of course, is a tough – you know, they're obviously a great team. They're hosting this, this matchup. And so they've had a great season. We've talked about them all year long. Their loss is coming from Center Hill. Uh, and to uh, just a heartbreaker to Grenada uh, that you know cost them the one seed. Right. Um, they're they're led by of course by quarterback T. Amos. He finished the season with a, uh, the regular season with 127 yards, I mean 127 attempts. Excuse me for uh, 818 yards and eight touchdowns throwing. Uh, rushing, he was also the leading rusher. So the quarterbacks both the leading, of course they they leading the passing, but also in the rushing department for both teams. T. Amos 103 rushing attempts for 589 yards and seven touchdowns, and then uh, Jay Henderson had 63 rushes for 511 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, Amos's favorite receiver, Jay Martin, 12 receptions. I mean, 12 receptions for 212 yards and two touchdowns. So, again, I think it's going to be pretty evenly matched. I do like Lake Cormorant getting it up in the Delta, uh, the flatland there uh, in Lake Cormorant. I do like the fact that they're playing there. But, again, Ridgeland is a tough team. I've lost one game on the field. Yeah. Now, the other game was a district game, so it cost them, obviously, that uh, they're a three seed they're for a, a reason. Seed, yeah. uh, but, again, going to be a tough team coming in. The Gators have to, have to be ready to play. And we'll be cheering hard for you guys here under the water tower. I definitely would love to see Lake Cormorant get that win and, and have an opportunity to continue, to continue on in the, in the uh, 5A ranks. Derek, tell us the rest of the 5A games for the North and South State. So, you know, we're, we typically hear these names. Some of, you, some of you could listen to the show right now, may have attended some of these high schools. So just go ahead and uh, spout those off. All right, so the rest for the North, you have Vicksburg at Grenada. You have West Point at Home Central. And then you have Lafayette, who Lake Cormorant beat last week to get the two seed, at Neshoba Central. That's the North. And the South, you have East Central at Laurel, West Jones at Picayune, Brookhaven at Pascagoula, and the final one, Hattiesburg at South Jones. That's the North half? South half. That's the South half. South. So, so South. So we've got Vicksburg at Grenada, West Point at Home Central, and Lafayette at Neshoba Central, Central in the north, East Central at Laurel, West Jones at Picayune, Brookhaven at Pascagoula, Hattiesburg at South Jones in the south. So we'll be cheering for you guys uh, throughout the, the playoffs. Uh, definitely want to want to wish all the DeSoto County teams congratulations for having a football season. Um, we can go back to the coronavirus stuff that we were talking about, but just congratulations to all of y'all, uh, both those that made the playoffs and those that did not. Uh, good luck to you, g- gentlemen. Uh, hopefully made a lot of memories with your friends and uh, all the seniors and stuff like that. We just wish, wish you guys uh, the best of luck. So the Underwater Tower podcast is always going to be big uh, when it comes to football, uh, when it comes to uh, high school sports, they're going to be cheering you guys on. And look, if you enjoy what you're hearing, if you had the opportunity to hear your son's name today, this morning on the show, be sure and share it with somebody. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody you know about the UTW podcast as we continue to grow. If you really like what you're hearing, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast. That's on Facebook at UTW Podcast. Instagram, UTW Podcast. That's UTW Podcast on Instagram. And Twitter, at UTW Pod, that's UTW Pod at Twitter. More importantly, Derek, most importantly, please hit subscribe on your podcast provider so you'll know each and every time, typically Tuesday and Friday mornings when we release our show. Yeah, I want to say thank you again to Mr. Jim Ferguson, the head of school there at North Point Christian School in South Haven at the corner, basically at the corner of Getwell and Goodman. Uh, look up the open house. Look up the information. They've definitely been uh, been pushing for that. Uh, so I want to wish them luck in their their open house this coming weekend. Uh, and thank you so much for tuning in to the UTW podcast. Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. This is where we dropped